Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we wanna encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description of this video online at fellowshipgj.com or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring this message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning, Fellowship Church. Are you awake this morning? Good morning. Who's got the joy of the Lord? Come on, lift your voice. Give him a shout of praise. Let's go. 
today we have the privilege of dedicating 10 babies and their parents to the Lord. So if you have signed up for that, please come forward with your prayer counselors. And we want to know you to know that you are invited to bring everybody with you. So if you have friends, aunts, uncles, grandparents, all the people in your group, please come down together for this special, special moment. And while you're here, just know, make yourself at home. If you would like to take pictures, feel free to do so. If you want extra people in those photos, we'll just help support all that. We're just so glad that you're here. And church family, what we're doing in this moment is we are praying over these babies. We're asking God to bless them as they grow up, that these children would come to know Christ at a young age. We're also praying for the parents, that God would give them wisdom and insight as they raise these children to love Jesus and they would have good insight as the parents to teach them as they grow. And then as a church family, we are committing, we're saying as a church family that children matter, that it's important to invest in children's and youth programs to make sure that these babies and all the babies that we've dedicated over the years can grow up in a church where they can understand who Jesus is at an age appropriate level. So that's kind of what's happening here. And I'd love to pray um, over all of you together, myself, and then the prayer counselors can continue to pray, families pray, photos, and you can take as long as you need over the next couple of songs and then be seated when you're done. So let's pray together, church family. Jesus, thank you for these precious lives. All of these little ones and all of their parents and grandparents and loved ones. And we ask that you would bless each one of these children to come to know you as their Lord and Savior at a young age. That you would protect them, that you would guide them as they grow, that they would have the right friends in their lives and the wrong friends would just be removed from their lives. Pray for their future spouses in the name of Jesus, that those little lives would be protected as well as they grow. And God, we pray that you would help these children to have a whole heart, that you would help their, their hearts to be whole and unwounded as they grow into adulthood. And God, we pray for these parents, that you would show them how to uniquely love and uniquely raise these little lives that you entrusted to them that they would have the wisdom, that they would have the knowledge of what to do and how to guide them. And God, we pray as a church family that all of us would always support the young ones around us to make sure that they receive the baton of faith. And God, we pray blessings over each family. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as they pray, let's continue to worship together. Eternally, endless glory. 
are the same God. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer now. Cause you are the same, yes. You are the same God. You were providing then. You are providing now. You are the same.
I don't think I'm growing that much. I feel kind of stuck. Then we want to invite you to stop by any Sunday on the East Pergola. There's a, a pergola named Next Steps. And the idea here is this is how you find out how to take your next step to keep yourself growing in your faith. And if you think you're not growing, you can kind of tell them your story. They'll listen to your story and then they'll say, based on what you've just told us, what I think you should do is sign up for this class or join this women's group or try serving in this area. So they'll listen to your story and then they'll make an individual recommendation to you that might help you get unstuck. We never want to stop growing in our relationship with God. And so that's a perfect way to kind of get that insight into what to do next. When you come to church, I hope you come prepared to give, and there's a lot of ways you can do it. You could drop it in the offering boxes on your way out. You could use um, your church center app. All the different options are on the side screens behind me. But come prepared with this idea that giving matters to God. So we have three sons, and all of our sons love candy. But Because like every kid loves candy, right? But we have one son that really, really loves candy, like quadruple the amount that his brothers love candy, and he collects it sort of. So you get like the Halloween candy, and then pretty soon it's, it's the parade of lights, and you have more candy, and then pretty soon it's Valentine's Day, and they're coming home with candy from school. And we're kind of stingy. We don't let him eat it that often. And so in the end, he has like a collection. So one day he said, I want to take some of my candy, and I want to bag it up, and I want to give it away to my friends at school. And I said, cool, candy leaving my house. This is a great plan. So he put 10 or 12 pieces of candy in all these different bags, and he brought them to school, and he gave them out to his friends. And when he got home from school, I picked him up, and I said, hey, how did the, how'd the candy thing go? What did your friends think? He's like, I thought it was cool. But then he said, but it made me feel so good inside. Like he encountered why God instructs us to give. Because when we give, we actually are taking on an attribute of God himself. Our God is a generous God. He's noted as a giver. He's constantly giving to us. And he doesn't need our money. He doesn't say give so that I won't run out of money. The Bible tells us he owns everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's how they used to say it in the olden days, right? He owns everything. He doesn't need our money, but he wants us to experience the joy of giving. Uh, that feeling that comes with partnering with something that's way, way bigger than us. And so that's why he says, hey, bring the tithe, bring 10% of your income, give to the poor and the broken through the local church. He does that so that we can experience that connection with giving and generosity. Our God is the God who gives. He so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? So that's why we give. Let's pray together. God, we love you. That you would allow us to somehow partner with what you're doing in the universe by collecting some resources from us to do your kingdom work, this is pretty cool. God, sometimes it's easy for us to give and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we're resistant. But God, I pray that you would increase each of our faith in you and that you would help us to have a generous spirit. And God, I pray for those in this room, which is probably all of us that struggle with money and finances, that you would supernaturally protect the money God, help it to last longer. Help our stuff not to break down and need replace. Help what we have and us to be good stewards of all of that. And God, bless us financially. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, there's a ton of cool stuff happening around the church. Let's take a look at what's coming next.
The next guest reception is next week, Sunday, April 23rd at 10 a.m. in the Monument Room. So if you're here for the first time or newer to the church, we'd love to see you there. The guest reception is a free breakfast hosted in between our services and is a great place to meet some of our staff, take a tour of this facility, check out the groups and classes we have going on, as well as give you an opportunity to ask any questions that you would like. Register on the Church Center app or drop by the Next Steps counter today. Also, starting next week is a course called Rooted. Rooted is the best way to connect here and make our big church feel small. Rooted will do two things for anyone that attends. It will connect you with others in your same age and stage of life, as well as walk you through a curriculum that grows your faith in Jesus. There have been a lot of stories to come out of Rooted, and here's one of them. I'm Jesse. I'm Kaylee, and this is our Rooted story. For me, I felt like I was in, I was at a wall, and it just, I was trying to deepen my faith, but I just needed something more, and this group just, I don't know what it was, it was just the different personalities that have been involved and the different inputs of everything that it just really skyrocketed everything for me. My whole story with Rooted is Kaylee wanted to come. She talked to me. You didn't want to. I agreed. We literally were walking up the stairs and I'm like, no, let's just go. Let's just, let's go to nine o'clock service. Let's just stay in our same routines. Let's not do it. And that's why I say once you drop that wall of getting out of your comfort zone, that's where you're gonna have your best moments. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to really fully open up to them, but once I did, I could feel like, wow, I'm getting so much more from this than what I ever thought I would. Just try it, like, just yeah. drop the wall and just give it your all, because it's worth it. Rooted offers a comfortable group experience designed to give you a glimpse of your story within God's story. Rooted will start on Sunday, April 23rd at 9 a.m. The cost for this course is $25, which will cover coffee and snacks, as well as, of course, the workbook. You can sign up for Rooted on the Church Center app or drop by the Next Steps counter. April 29th and 30th is this year's ShareFest weekend. ShareFest is an amazing serving opportunity where we adopt projects from our people in our community that couldn't complete them on their own. Most of these projects include getting swamp coolers ready for the summer, yard work and trimming, helping paint or stain fences or decks, and some specialized needs like putting in gates, fixing fences, or installing swamp coolers. Look for the gray boards on the west end of the lobby that say ShareFest and adopt a project today. If you aren't sure where to start, you can sign up on the Church Center app or we can place you on a crew for a project that is most needed. Camp 4640 is coming up in just six weeks and we are pretty much full. In fact, we are on a wait list for girls and we have just a few spots for boys. So if you are hoping to sign up, please do it soon. In fact, today or honestly this week, we need you to sign up now on the Church Center app. We are so excited for Camp 4640. It's gonna be incredible. As always, if you've missed anything or wanna stay up to date, visit fellowshipgj.com events or go on the Church Center app and enjoy the rest of today's service. Before we can talk about anything today, we have to talk about last week. God showed up in such an incredible way. The Spirit moved in such an incredible way. And you have to know that each week on Monday, we start off as a staff praising Him for the last seven days. 
Because we don't want to take another step until we thank, he, thank him for what he's already done. And so that particular week, of course, we had Palm Sunday, which was incredible, and God showed up on that day as well. But then that Monday, we thanked him for what he had done that week. And then we came right here in this worship center, and we prayed over every seat. And we prayed over the worship center that the Holy Spirit would be here on that Sunday and that, that God would just show up and that people would show up and people would get saved. And so that's what we, that's what we saw happen that manifested over the week, not only on Sunday, but also throughout the week. Tuesday and Wednesday night on middle school and our high school night was our bring a friend night. We had over 400 students come last week. They got to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ, which is incredible. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, it also started our uh, courses, our midweek courses, which are packed out. And Lord is just really, really blessing in those as well. And then all of the uh, rehearsals that took place to pull off last weekend happened, and they were wonderful as well. But then you guys took this inviting a friend thing seriously. <laughs> Good job, because <laughs> that was incredible. So just, just in the nine o'clock service, the nine o'clock worship center, not including kids, not including workers, 1,603 at nine, and 1,603 people at nine o'clock. Uh, which broke every attendance record uh, that whole week. It bro broke every attendance record we've ever had in the history of our church. Before COVID, Schmovid, all that. After COVID, didn't matter. Jesus showed up and you guys took faithfully and it, and it took the Great Commission and, and were faithful with it and invited friends. And we have no idea how many people got saved last weekend, but that's what it's all about, right? That's what it's all about. Second service, we had almost 1,400 in the worship center. There's only 1,246 chairs that are in here. So that just shows you how many chairs that we had to add as well as I think we had almost 100, I think of like 80 or so people watching in the lobby in that nine o'clock service. So, so well done you. Good job and well done Holy Spirit for showing up, super excited for what God is doing right now in our church. And God is doing that not only in our church, but we're seeing that happen throughout the valley. We're seeing that happen throughout the country. And we're seeing this happen throughout the world. And very excited for what God is doing and what he is gonna continue to do. Yes, and also excited about this week. So we're starting this series called The Chosen. Now, The Chosen is this TV series uh, that looks at the life of Jesus and looks at the life of the disciples. And we're really, really excited to be able to, as a church family, do this series. But we hope that you're watching as well. You're uh, tuning in and you're watching each one of those episodes. Know that there are three seasons. Uh, you can start watching them on Prime or Netflix, the first two seasons anyway. And then if you get to into season two and you want to watch season three, you can actually download the app. It's a chosen app and watch the third season. Now, we're going to put up a QR code on the side screen, and this will actually download or get you to the spot to be able to download download uh, the chosen app. So if you want to get your smartphones out, you can take a, uh, use your camera and uh, you'll be able to uh, get that link over to that app and be able to watch the third season as well. They do a super good job with this. And I know a lot of times with Christian movies and Christian series, they don't have the funding to do a good job, but they've done a really good job with the actors are so good and the production is so good. And uh, uh, you'll love Jesus's character. Uh, he does, so they, that actor does such a wonderful job with that as well. So make sure 
sure you're watching those because it really brings the New Testament to life. Know this, that you are gonna be watching it and there are times that what they are doing is, man, scriptural, right out of the Bible. But there is also times where they fill spots for the sake of the storyline and for the sake of a TV series. And so it's really important that you're reading the Bible as you go through it so you know what the difference is. But what you will find is that the, the stuff that they fill the storyline with, that they take some liberties with, is extremely moving as well. And God will bless you as you go through it. Now, this morning, we're going to be looking at a particular passage of Scripture that is absolutely in the chosen. And then also part of that particular scene you're getting ready to see is not in Scripture. It may have happened. They think it could have happened, but we don't really know. And we're actually going to be teaching through that this morning and looking at Nicodemus. Nicodemus, John chapter 3, the famous chapter of John Chapter 3, you remember the words of John 3, 16. You see it every time you watch a football game. Well, that is the scripture that comes alive in today's session. Well, John 3, verse 1 says there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Okay, so he was, he was very much admired as a man who knew the word. He memorized the Torah. So he, was, he understood the Old Testament. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you were born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to a spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respectful, you are a respected Jewish leader, a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and you, yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe it, believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned. But the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And then we pick up in The Chosen at season one, episode seven. All of these things have just transpired on the TV show. And then this is where the, t the TV show picks up in our service at verse 16. God loves the world in this way, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard? 
heard anything like this before. When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students I said, she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. Here you are. The healer. I, my whole life, I have wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, and you'll see more. Follow you? Join me and my students. In two days' time, we leave Capernaum. Come see the kingdom I am bringing into this world. But I... I, I can't. You have a position in the Sanhedrin. You have family. You are getting advanced in years. <laughs> I understand. But the invitation is still open. The invitation to what exactly? lead a nomadic life to, to give up who I am. It's true. There is a lot you would give up. But what you would gain is far greater and more lasting. Enough for two weeks of food and lodging. You came so close. What do you mean? You need to go for it to make it to a camp in Tiberius by nightfall. Simon is correct. Let's go. You 
So Nicodemus was held back. Something was holding him back from having his full potential with Jesus, from being able to really follow him. Now, with Nicodemus, it was religion, right? It was religion. He had been taught things from a religious group that kept him from pursuing Christ. He couldn't give up his position or the systems that he had given his life to. And sometimes it's hard to separate yourself from what you've been taught your whole life and really seek the truth of what the scripture says. We were all raised, many of us, in Christian homes, or, or maybe you weren't, and you were taught by parents or people that you respected about religion or about where we came from or, or about whether it's creation or what happened in the Bible or what happened in history. And a lot of times we just take what those people tell us and we take it as gospel instead of really seeking the truth, instead of opening up the scriptures for ourselves. Now, the scripture says the truth will set you free. Scripture says, knock and the door will be open unto you, but you have to seek the truth. Nicodemus just couldn't let go and completely seek the truth. So maybe religion in that way has kept you from, from being what God wants you to be. It's held you back. Or maybe it's affected you in a different way. Maybe you have had bad experiences with religion or church in the past. And the devil wants to make sure that you have those hurtful experiences. He wants that to happen because he knows if he can manipulate this into happening, you'll blame the church instead of the devil and not want to come back. He wants to distract us from people that can help us. And a lot of times when that happens, and we've all been probably hurt in church before, if you spent any time in church at all, that may have happened to you. Maybe you know somebody that was hurt in church and they won't come back. And what ends up happening is you end up stereotyping all religion and all churches as bad and that they'll eventually hurt you. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, and maybe you've heard too, a person that says, well, I got hurt in that church. You know, I, I'll never go back. I'll never go back to church. That's like saying I was treated poorly at a grocery store, so I'm never going to buy food again. It is. It's the same. And the devil wants to keep you from church or spiritual leaders or Christians that might be able to help you walk out your faith successfully. So don't let him do this. Don't let him do this. Don't let him do this to yourself. Don't let him do this to people that you love that maybe are in your family or, or friends that have stopped going to church because of some hurt or some perceived hurt. We don't give up on church. We, we forgive and move on. The church is the bride of Christ. We're a part of it. So when we pull ourselves out of church, it doesn't mean that we're not a, no longer a part of the bride of Christ. We just miss out on the benefits or many of the benefits of being a part of the bride of Christ, the spiritual protection, the corporate worship, the friendships, the accountability. I've, I've heard of people before that says, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. I, I can have church in the mountains by myself. Y yes, you can go have spiritual experiences in the mountains by yourself, but that's not church. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering together of the brethren. We don't wanna do that. God wants us and knows that we're stronger together. So he wants us to be together. So we have to forgive, we just forgive and move on. All churches are filled with people that have the capacity to hurt us. They do. And this doesn't make churches bad or Christianity bad. Every organization, every organization has hurting people in it. And we've all heard the saying before, hurting people hurt people. Have you ever been hurt at work before? Ever been hurt by a boss or a colleague? 
Did that make you say, I'll never work again? No. Now, when I was growing up, I, I loved uh, sports, and I still love sports, and I got really into sports memorabilia. And so I would go around. I remember uh, Donnie Holmes. You remember me getting your autograph clear back on 29 Road? Yes, yes. So I, was, I would get people's autographs, and, and I, you know, I had like a display in my house. My, my wife just loved the room that I filled with all of this memorabilia. And so I, football helmets and footballs and stuff that's signed, I just loved that stuff. And, of course, I'm a Bronco fan. And so if I could get Bronco stuff, that was even more special to me. But there was this Bronco one time and I went to get his autograph and it wasn't very nice to me. He kind of, he hurt my feelings, but that didn't make me not be a Bronco fan. Now last season, that'll make you want to not be a Bronco fan. But this guy didn't represent the entire Broncos. He just was him. And you know what? Honestly, he probably was just having a bad day that day. So that's the way we have to look at it. And here's the thing. We have to defend the church. We defend our church. It's the bride of Christ. We need to defend her. Defend her when people talk about bad about her. Defend her when people say that, you know, they have an offense. Well, say, well, what did you do to fix it? What have you done to make it right? Don't quit church. Don't quit the bride of Christ because of a hurt or a pain. Now, here's another thing that will hold us back from Jesus and his potential in our life. And this is rampant in our society today. today, And that's how we see ourselves, or the negative view of ourself. How Jesus thinks of us. You know, what, what more could God do to show us his love for us besides give us his son? He sent his son to die for us. Now, a lot of times we just go, yeah, but he sent his son to die for everybody, not me. Are you not a part of everyone? And it's so personal. It is so personal. Jesus did die for us. I mean, how many times has he saved our lives? You think about it. You look over your history of your life and how many near-death experiences did you have where the Holy Spirit stepped in and did a miracle for you? Time and time again. How many times has he bailed you out of a financial situation? How many times has he provided for us friends when we needed them or counsel, wise counsel when we needed it? How many times has he been there to catch our tears when no one else would listen? You know, the Bible says that he does that. Psalm 61.8 says, You keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Now, you may have heard of all the, all, you may have heard all these things before but you've seemed to forget for one reason or another. And we start to believe the lies that the devil tells us about ourselves instead of the truth. Now, I love the way the Lord speaks to us. A lot of times he speaks to us through messages or maybe reading the word of God, but many times he speaks to us through music. And I have this artist, and I think many of you would agree, she's incredible. Her name's Lauren Daigle, and she's got a great voice, but she also really writes empowering songs. The lyrics of her music will minister to you. And I want these lyrics to minister to you this morning on this same subject. See 
So do you believe? Do you believe in how he sees you? Or have you believed the lie? 
Because the devil loves to make you feel bad about yourself. The devil loves to make you feel like you'll never measure up. The devil loves for you to have a low self-esteem and low self-worth because he knows if he can make you feel bad about yourself, that you'll never be what Christ really wants you to be. Now, the problem is, is that we begin to believe the lies and it forms these pathways in our mind where that is our go-to. And instead of believing the truth about ourselves, we, believe, we begin to believe that the lies are the truth. And so scripture says that you have to take thoughts captive and bring them under the obedience of Christ. We've talked about that before, but we have to do that by exposing our mind to the truth and the truth is the word of God. So what I like for you to do is I would like for you to take your smartphone back out and we're gonna put up scriptures that tell you the truth about how God really sees you. And I want you to take that phone, I want you to use the camera and I want you to take a picture of these scriptures. And for us to tear down these strongholds, we need to expose our mind to the truth on a daily basis. So make these scriptures a part of your daily devotion to God, your daily coffee with him and, and read them and start asking the Holy Spirit to allow you to be transformed by the living word. Start reading things like, see how very much our father, how much he, he loves us for, for he calls us his children. And, and that's what we are. That's what we are. We're his kids. You know how much you love your kids. So then how much more does he love us? But you are not like that for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into a wonderful light. He did that for you. He called you out. We say, oh, he, he died for everyone. Yes, he died for everyone, but he died for us. And it says right here, he called us out individually into the light for we are his masterpiece. He has created, created us as, uh, in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. All of those things that the devil tries to remind you of your past, Jesus says that's, that's gone away. Stop looking backward, look forward. And I love Psalms 139. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. So he loves you so individually. He created you in your mother's womb. He made you complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, he says. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So as you start to read these things and you start to say, oh, Holy Spirit, just transform my mind. Break down all those strongholds, all those lies the devil's behind him, uh, behind, uh, hiding behind and loosen me the truth and start reprogramming your mind. And don't let how the devil makes you feel about yourself ever hold you back again. Here's another one. And we talk about this a lot here at Fellowship is unresolved hurts. Unresolved hurts. Now, here's what we have to understand about that. 
it is our responsibility to take care of ourselves. It's self-leadership, really. And when we go through something traumatic, we have to make sure we get treatment for it. The problem is we're better to our automobiles than we are to ourselves. They break, we bring them to the shop, they get fixed. We have oil changes, we do tire maintenance, we do all of those things to make our car running, but do we do that for ourselves? When we are hurt, it causes damage that needs to be fixed. There are times, guys, we need to find a good counselor. We need to find a counselor. There's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. And find a counselor early on. Don't wait until everything is so broken that they can't really help. That's usually what people do. They wait until the last very second, then they seek counsel. We had a woman here on our staff for many years. Her name was Jill Buck, and, and a lot of you know her, knew her. A lot of, uh, of you maybe have been counseled by her before. Now, she's gone on to be the, with the Lord, and I, I knew her since the time I was six years old. And when she came here and moved here with her husband from Michigan, she actually started as my uh, assistant, which was incredible incredible, an incredible thing uh, to have a woman so wise set under a kid that was 22 years old. And uh, she was my assistant. And then we, we changed her role to staff counselor and then our church counselor. And there were many times where I was going through, was going through something and I went down, I opened up the door and said, Jill, can I just, can I have a little bit of your time? And I would tell her what I was going through and with such spirit-filled wisdom, she would always coach me and counsel me in such a beautiful way. We need that. We need pastors in our life. I've had pastors that have spoken into me and saved me so many times. And Rebecca and I have received such great counsel through the years. Times where we needed counsel to save ourselves and then times we needed counsel to save our marriage. So get help, fix those issues. Get into an accountability group. The accountability group is the maintenance. That's changing the oil. That's fixing, that's changing the tires out. Accountability groups are wonderful for keeping us on the road and keeping us going straight. Many times I've talked about my pastor's small group that I'm in, and there's seven of us. We've been in this group for 16 years. Almost many of us have been in the group for 16 years. And it's, it's seven senior pastors here in the Valley. And we meet together every other week and we tell each other everything. There's nothing that's off limits. We share each other's hearts. We share our struggles. And it is such a blessing to have those men in my life. And I'm telling you, there's been seasons in my life, I don't know if I would have made it if I didn't have them. Find that accountability group. Now you might say, well, I've tried, but the accountability groups that you have, they don't meet when I can meet. And so here, here's the thing about that. If you, you can't find a group, start one. Here's the great thing about starting a group. You get to decide when you meet. You get to decide where you meet but you need that. God did not make us to go through life alone. He wants us to lean, each other, that's, lean on each other. That's all about being a part of the church. And then go through spiritual warfare and deliverance. The majority of our people have gone through spiritual warfare. Many of you have gone through deliverance. The large majority of you also have also gone through deliverance or restoration. And that is so important. And once you go through that, you start to learn how to fight spiritually. You realize that it is not something that you can just do every once in a while, but it's, you're in a spiritual war, you're in spiritual combat, and you need to learn how to fight on a daily basis, binding up evil spirits, breaking evil soul ties, breaking generational curses, tearing down strongholds. That's what spiritual warfare teaches you. But about once every five years, you need to go back through deliverance. 
especially if you've gone through something traumatic. Maybe you've gone through a death of a loved one or a divorce or a betrayal from a close friend. You've picked up hurts along the way. You can never stop doing spiritual maintenance on you. Your emotional health is so important and is so, uh, so can be even more important than your physical health because your emotional health will eventually affect your spiritual health, your, your physical health. Now, listen to this. This is, this is so good. Most likely, the trauma that we have gone through, it wasn't our fault. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's not our fault. But getting healing from the trauma is our responsibility. It may not be your fault, but if you're going to get better, it's your responsibility. Don't go through life stuffing that hurt because it will eventually come out. Are you a stuffer? Do you know somebody that's just a stuffer? Like they, they, they get hurt and they just push it away. They push it away. They push it away. Let me tell you, undealt with hurt comes out eventually, but it comes out ugly. It comes out ugly. So deal with those hurts as you walk along in your life. First Peter 5.10 says, So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore and support and strengthen you, and he will place you on firm foundation. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. God is there for you, but he wants to use others to get you the help and the healing that you need. So it could be one of those things that are holding you back, or maybe it's the thing that every one of us can relate to do, and that's sin. Sin. Scripture says that nothing can separate us from God. We have to understand that nothing can separate you from God's love, but there are things that we can do that will strain our relationship, right? Now, we know that Jesus forgives everything, and he'll forgive you. It's really more about the effect that sin has on us, whether confessed or unconfessed, what it will do and how it will deteriorate our souls. Remember, Jesus will always forgive those sins. All we have to do is ask. But sometimes we ask and that sin still replays in our head. The guilt from the sin still plagues us. It breaks us down. It tries to enslave us. Where we feel at times like it has its light, a life of its own. You ever had a sin pattern in your life where it felt like it had a life of its own? It felt like it was dictating your life more than you were dictating your life? It makes you feel guilty and unworthy. It affects your self-esteem and your self-worth. And it'll eventually steal your joy. It'll take your hope. Sin gets in the way of the abundant life that Jesus promised us all. To the point of holding us back because we feel unworthy of his love and his blessing. The devil doesn't want you to serve. The devil doesn't want you to see the kingdom of God furthered in your life or the people around you. He does not want to see that at all. So he'll drop sin into your life to make you feel unworthy. Like you can't, you can't minister, you can't serve. After all, you don't know what I did last night. There's no condemnation for those that love Jesus. Ephesians 4 says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life 
which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You are putting on your true nature every morning when you have your coffee with the Lord, every time you read a scripture that exposes your mind, your emotions to the truth. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily uh, trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So the writer in this situation he compares our, our race with the Lord or our journey with the Lord as a long distance race. Now, I don't know how many of you like to run long distances. To me, that's just what hell would be like. I, <laughs> I don't wanna do that. But you also understand if, you've, if you ran any length of, uh, any distance in your life, you know that any extra weight is just cumbersome. It will affect your finish it will affect the enjoyment of the race. And so that's why it says, throw it off. Throw off that weight, get rid of it so that you can run more effectively for him. So this morning, what's holding you back? Those four things are not an exhaustive list. There's all kinds of things that can get in the way of us having a relationship with God the way we want to. So as you bow with me this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would touch each and every one of our hearts, that you would show us if there's anything that we have in our life that's holding us back from you. Show us what it is and give us the wisdom of how to deal with it. Lord, I pray that we would never allow religion to keep us from you. And I pray that you would begin to transform our minds to where we would really see the way you see us. I pray, Lord, that sin wouldn't hold us back. There's nothing worth getting in the way of our relationship with you. But if it's something else, God, bring that to mind. I pray that you would loose in us endurance. Help us to drop the weight that's keeping us from running effectively and efficiently for you. We love you. We thank you for this series. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've taught us and everything you're gonna continue to teach us. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week for part two of The Chosen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Christ your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do this right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen.
If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text us at heaven and 94,000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions that you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94,000 as well. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text Fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.